we are musicians, and we chatted about one way to make money as a musician, the power of music to send our personal message, the process of creating an album in the 21st century, and a lot more. Daniel Saplinski is the lead singer and songwriter for the band The Vigils. They just released their new album, Forevermore. It's an album of many music influences, and it's available for download at thevigils.bandcamp.com. That's thevigils.bandcamp.com. We had a chat online, and I asked Daniel when he first knew he could really speak through music. For a long time, I completely shelved music. I, I went to college. I went to art school. I went to film classes. I moved out to, you know, I, I, I directed. I got a credit card and I directed a little, tried to make a movie back east um, feature. Moved out here thinking I would get into like or try like everyone else into the kind of the film business. And I did some freelance work and, uh, you know, um, one project was very, a couple projects were very rewarding. Some writing for a children's series. I kind of lost interest in kind of chasing that and um, ended up getting into like mental health out here. The music kind of came kind of late while I was out here. Soul knew someone was playing in a band and I went to go see that band. Somebody, she introduced me to a mutual friend. We started talking and then um, at one point they asked me if I played bass. I was like, oh, I, I can play bass. It's been a long time but yeah i could you know and so i ended up playing in this band which was fun i was like oh i'm doing music again because i've always kind of kind of dreamt about like oh, that'd be nice to get back into that someday i didn't have the you know i didn't know if i could do it i didn't have the opportunities or you know um and uh so i ended up playing bass in this band and we couldn't find this long story short we couldn't find a singer and i was ended up writing some lyrics to some of the instrumentals guitarist was like well here here's the song that doesn't have any lyrics if you come up with something we can give to our potential singers that we're auditioning and um a buddy of his who was like a, um a vocal coach got together with us and was singing some of the songs kind of thinking that maybe he could be the guy and he was kind of like yeah this is not my style you try and he, so i got my lyrics and i sang and um uh, and he said, and he, you know, he was like, you should be a singer. And I was like, okay. And we ended up doing that. And so I ended up kind of, by chance, of falling into singing for band. And when that didn't kind of work out, stylistically, I wanted to do more than what we were doing. I like too many different styles that I want to incorporate into a band. And so Soul and I started this band with that whole goal of that was that we can do whatever we want. Beneath this modern city, where the wheels turn night and day. I worked with um, adolescents and then I worked with adults. Uh, substance abuse and then I went on working more with like kind of schizophrenic. I worked in this group home with uh, males. Uh, most of which, you know, were suffering from schizophrenia. And I was kind of like a driver slash buddy, you know, uh, 
um, hang out with them, take them to the appointments. Um, I did that for a long time. And then um, unfortunately I had a kind of a, a, a kind of difficult tragedy befall. Someone uh, um, I was very close with passed away in a very terrible way. And um, that just kind of made me, a, I was just kind of a mess and I needed a, just kind of a different perspective. I remember my first day when I went to one particular place, I was working at a place in East LA and this was more um, lower income place. Some of these people would have been homeless had they not been living there. And I remember the first day I went in and the supervisor was telling me like, she hit me over the head with a chair once. So you got to watch out. And uh, I never had a problem. You know, I don't, you know, that's, I think that's probably, you know, probably the thing that I think of as anything that I found that I have a real knack for is like, I never had a problem there. And, um, you know, when those violent residents went off, you know, when they had those moments, they would attack staff, like they would never, never attack me. I mean, like, you know, I'd be the one holding them back and saying, no, you know, talking them down. I was kind of the neutral. I was kind of like um, Switzerland, you know, or something where I wasn't quite them establishment. So I was kind of like a mediator. Standing here alone and watching all the years go by Waiting for a voice to call from the other side Did you study music when you were a child? I am almost completely untrained musically. Like I have no, I took recorder class in, in fourth grade. I didn't really take to the recorder very well. I think I got as far as like Mary had a little lamb and my big regret is not being, you know, taking like piano lessons since uh, day, you know, since I was five, because I would love to be a, you know, a piano, a pianist, a proper pianist. But um, no, I didn't start playing music until I was around, until I was like 12. My mom, I was getting into a lot of trouble. I was kind of a troublemaker. And um, my mom got me a guitar thinking that that would be something that would help kind of show, oh, he likes music. Get him, get him a guitar. Maybe that'll help, you know, keep him out of trouble. Um, it didn't really work so well. I still got in trouble, but I played the guitar. And um, but I, I kind of, you know, um, at the time I was this little kind of like punk rock kid. You know, I learned how to do power chords, and I was kind of like, that's it. I don't need to learn anything else. You know, I don't need to learn. Anything. And you know, so I never really got very good. I don't think at it, but I, I think I, what I have is um, instincts, like musical instincts. If you don't mind my asking, um, who was it who passed away? It was it was my girlfriend. Mm. Yeah, and she was. Um, yeah, yeah. It was just it was bad. She was hit by a car, and it was just really, really bad. It was like you know, not the. I got a text, you know, uh, at like nine thirty, and I just got home from work, going for a quick run. I'll see you soon. And that was it, you know. That was. It's like I always feel like I'm. I've been left to like wait for her return for the rest of my life, you know, it just the anniversary just happened a couple of weeks ago. And that was a whole, that's always a tough, as you probably know, you know, the anniversaries of these things are never pleasant. So how long ago did that happen? Actually, I've been in 2014. The She's Gone song is, um, that's exactly the, the story, you know, with my, with my girlfriend. So, I mean, it's almost verbatim kind of how it kind of happened. I wrote that like a couple of, I don't know, a couple of months after 
after that happened and um just you know as a, as a document kind of our story our brief story together how long had you been together we'd only been together for a year but you know it's just uh the night it's just it's just weird because like the night even before she died like we had this really deep conversation that came out of left field we never had before kind of uh explain you kind of saying like how we felt about each other and I ended it with kind of telling her you know like you know I want to make you happy and keep you laughing for as long as you'll you know have me around you know and saw her off to work the next day and uh I spent the whole day, like, you know, like, it's counting the hours because I had the day off, you know, like, waiting till we'd be together again. Anxious, you know, watching the clock, you know, okay, what am I going to do now? I'm trying to watch a movie to just excited because we had plans that evening and, um, and then, you know, the Facebook message around midnight. I me to call this number, something happened and, yeah. We had shows booked like maybe like a week or two after, you know, um, she passed away and, uh, and I was, you know, just a mess, but we, we kept all the shows and I played and, um, and it was like, it was like the only time for a couple of, for years, I must, where I felt like I was a reprieve. I was, you know, uh, be able to kind of, um, escape grief for 30 minutes and um unfortunately it was like kind of like a bad hangover it's also like there's always that come down there's kind of that you know when i would after the show i'd go back to my place and it was like i always say that it was like the grief was there waiting for me like a you know like a abusive stepfather with the belt waiting to you know um so that was tough too but it was it was worth it that that half hour um so for me it's kind of it is it's therapy for me it's unfortunately like i think for me i feel like music is pointless without an audience you know um what about an audience that's listening to you virtually by downloading your tracks for instance or listening to you on spotify doesn't really work for me yeah it doesn't work for me um I mean, it's nice, um, you know, it's flattering if somebody says, oh, I listen to your thing, it's, it's, but it doesn't, it doesn't help. For me, it's, it's the performance. Uh, you know, uh, I kind of feel I'm better at what I do when there's people to kind of feed off of an energy. And, um, you know, I me mean, like the recording of the music is actually kind of secondary. You know, it's fun. It's something you have to, you know, um, it's nice to kind of see it come together, mix it, hear it all produced. And um, you kind of put it out there and it's, you know, um, it was like the tree falling in the, especially, I mean, we released our album on March 6th. I spent a couple of years working on spending my own money, selling things I own to pay for it. Um, and we released it on March 6th. A few days later. Everything happened, shut down, all of our shows that we were supposed to kind of, you know, are kind of coming out with the new album, canceled. And so now it's just like, you know, it's kind of like relegated to 
Facebook post. Here's a link to our album. Enjoy. Johnny came from the wrong side of town. A broken home who kicked around. Running with the boys on Saturday night. The only kind of lyrics I've ever inspired to write are very autobiographical. Um, I love, I admire artists that can kind of put themselves in another, you know, write as a character, write as somebody else, or just kind of just spout off kind of, you know, abstract kind of poetry that sounds great. They would probably be the first ones to say it doesn't mean anything, but it creates just this world and, I'm, and you, it, the magic of as a listener being able to kind of, anyway, I can't do that. Unfortunately, I have to write very, it's like a diary, my songs. So, um, uh, you know, in some sense, it's a, it's kind of a, uh, catharsis writing that stuff and it's a way of for me expressing myself uh but there's also kind of uncomfortableness too because i'm like man it's like people are reading my diaries if they pay attention to my lyrics a week after her dad was out here and we were emptying out or not him and i were emptying out her apartment you know boxing up all of her things and giving them back to his place back in back in dc and it was the first day and at one point, we're saying, I'm taking a break. I'm at the kitchen table, and he, he comes up with this book. He goes, if you want to know how she felt about you, read this. And he opened up this uh, book. It's her diary. It's like a journal. And um, it's on the last page, last entry is all about, like, us, you know, how she feels and this and that. And, um, and then I turn to the last page, and there's only, like, it's like a sentence. And the sentence is, uh, oh, so far in my life, you've been president or the, it's the opening of the album, actually. Um, president or the creator of some of my best memories and happiest moments. Like she tells us, suddenly it's you. It's like, it was like, a, she was like addressing me. The last entry was like, it was like all of a sudden she was saying, instead of saying we and us, and it was you have been almost like as if it was a note like a message if you could make a living at this would you oh absolutely i mean that would be the uh that would be the dream do you think that there are enough opportunities for musicians nowadays to make a living I think so. I think I, th I think so. I think as long as you're not planning to live like extravagantly, I think you can be kind of a working class musician. I have friends who are in um, touring bands that seem to have like some of them have like day jobs. It's kind of like this like part time thing that they can take off whenever they want to go tour and play. They seem they make most of their income from their from their you know their touring. It, it is viable. It takes a lot more. It's a lot more uh, kind of for me kind of more unpleasant more work it's because more of a job because you have to kind of like you have to do the social media thing you have to kind of be your own manager you have to you know all the non-creative stuff that there used to be people for a and r people do all that kind of stuff you have to do that yourself if you i think expect to um to make any kind of living from it i think with the way things are like uh, it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse with uh, technology and Spotify and you know uh, YouTube and the, you know Bandcamp where you know people have uh, 
there's more opportunities to be heard, more people are doing it. You know, there's no gatekeepers. Again, it's a blessing and a curse because it's like it's great that anybody, whether you're a filmmaker, whether you're you're an artist, that you can put yourself, you can put your, you can create your content, you can put it online, and anybody can see it, and that's a that's a beautiful thing. But downside, you know, there's always a you know yin and the yang, is that everybody is doing it, and so it's just um, it's a lot of people screaming for attention. eclectic group um we're two males two females so the breakdown is we have a female bass player female sax player yes our drummer roberto and we're all very kind of different looking i mean not different i mean like vibe-wise stylistically kind of you know we're not like a uniform group you know we're not like the ramones and the four tops all wear the same outfits you know we look very kind of like, what are these people? And so it's always, it's interesting when we play because people who don't know us, you know, they see us and trying to figure out what we're going to sound like, you know? And then right. when, Jesse, when Jesse pulls out her saxophone, that's the whole wild card. Cause they're like, oh my goodness, there's a sax too. What is, you know? And so it's always fun to kind of like launch into our songs and they go, oh, okay. See what's going on. Yeah. Tell me song. about some of the other people who worked on the album. We have, uh, go down the line, we have uh, Roberto, who's our guitarist. Um, he does all the guitar, he's he's great. He's kind of primarily been, he joined us, uh, we spent a couple of years kind of trying to find the right, core of it was myself, um, Soledad, the bass player, Jesse, sax player, and um, we had, uh, we've gone through a couple of drummers before finding kind of, a, the rest of the kind of, Personnel has been kind of a trial and error. You know, we have a guitarist for a couple of months and work out or just listen to the right stylistic. That six months before the coronavirus, um, it's like we had, like, we finally have, like, a band, like, that I've always said we've always needed. You know, we have all the right, we have the right drummer, we got the right guitarist, we got right. the, you know, um, firing on all cylinders. So initially, kind of the oldest original members would be myself, Soledad, and Jesse. Um, and sax. Songwriting, uh, Roberto, guitarist, is who I do um, typically. The way we kind of do it is him and I will sit down and uh, he'll play something on the guitar, come up with a riff, and sometimes I'll have a little guitar and I'll play my very kind of limited ability. We'll play something and he'll do it and make it sound so much better, as was the case with like songs like Metropolis. And then once we have the kind of arrangement, we'll present it to the band and um, come up with the arrangement. And then I'll go off and write lyrics. Jesse plays sax. She does um, sound for TV and movies. Soul manages the bar. She's my boss. She was my boss. And one of my, so we're friends. She's my boss and bandmates. I love it when like our when when soul breaks a string and like takes like five minutes to scramble to find a you know a string or find somebody another band to borrow their bass guitar because I can do a little you know Q and A with the audience and that's always kind of fun. I never do that in real life outside of that is real life, but 
you know, when you when you play and you get on stage, it's like something clicks. And I'm a completely without being fake. I just become like a different aspect of me that I'm not anywhere else. I like to let the music dictate what the song is going to be about. The only time I ever did it the other way around was She's Gone because I was very like, I just needed to get that story out. It took like 10 minutes to write the lyrics. And then I sat down with the guitar. And it was the only time I ever wrote something kind of by myself with a guitar. And then I brought it to the band like as a finished, this is the song. And then they all added their, their brilliant touches to it with the guitar and the sax solo and the bass line. We have a song called New World. We played it and it was like, uh, we had the music first and I was listening to it and I was like, it has a kind of, uh, even my dad said it because he, he heard like a, an instrumental version. He happened to, he was visiting once we were working on the song originally. And he goes, it has a real Native American kind of vibe to it, kind of rhythmically and kind of just a guitar line. And uh, which I thought too. And so I was like, okay, so what's the song gonna be? And I was like, well, I've always, you know, you know, the treatment you know, of the, you know, the Native Americans since day one. So it became kind of my, my Native American protest song, you know, if you will. So, <laughs> Do you have Native get, American roots? I have none. I just have like sympathy for people that get screwed over, you know. I have, I have a checklist of like songs. Like I was like, like Futures Now on the album is like, that's kind of like our disco song. I love disco. We got a song now that we're working on that's kind of like our metal song. I also want to do like a soul song, you know, like a Motown style, like my take on that. But I love that stuff too. Tell me about what your plans for the band are for the future. We've been recording a couple of songs during this, during this quarantine, you know, um, isolated when, you know, possible our guitarist, he's able to record at his house. I would go in and do vocals with our drummer. He's the one who's been kind of uh, spearheading it. He's been engineering it. We have a rehearsal space. We've been doing some kind of some demos and they're nearing kind of completion. And next up for one of them is going to do a music video. I still love the filmmaking thing and enjoy doing that. That's what I like. Kind of the best thing about a band other than performing is being able to do kind of like music videos and stuff because I can incorporate kind of all of my kind of creative passions. The whole album... For me, selfishly and personally, is a um, you know it is a band effort. Everybody, you know, we um, especially the, the writing of the song and working with the guitarist. For me personally, it's uh, it is kind of my my monument for her. So you engineered the whole album yourself? No, I um, kind of outrageous, but we uh, that album's been technically recorded in like eleven different countries. Um, wow. Yeah, we, we started recording drums in one place. I had all these grandiose ideas that nobody knew about for the album as far as like piano and as far as like the kind of mock, kind of the cello and the symphony, the whole, um, and all that. And the opera singer, you know, we went through like four different mixers before we found the right one. It was just a disaster. It was very tough putting this thing together. So many people fell out. So many people kind of flaked along the way. So many things had to be recorded because it wasn't recorded well the first time. It was a lot of me driving around, you know, out to the valley with all the files, working with the mixer for like three months. That didn't work out. And I would get like, oh, I want an opera singer. So I'd get online, I'd get on Fiverr, and I would 
hire this singer in um, in England. She recorded the opera stuff. We needed new drum tracks. Our drummer who played on the album, some of his songs, his performances weren't working. So I had to get a guy in Italy to record drums remotely for those songs. I mean, it was just a lot of that Frankensteining kind of the, the album together, which hopefully one doesn't notice when they hear the album. But anyway, I was in charge of all that stuff, the, the producing end of that, and then meeting with the the last mixer that worked out, meeting with him, Ulysses, every day, and sitting down with him for like nine, ten hours. I hope that never the next ones go, you know, a lot smoother. I learned a lot though from a, a technical producing end, as far as like how to make an album. What was the good? that came out of your painful experience? The good thing that came out of it? I think the good thing that happened is that I'm much more open with my emotions, expressing myself. That's kind of the irony of it. It's made me a better person, like someone that she would have loved even more because I'm even more open and emotional you know there's a long time there's a time when I was just completely depressed and miserable and I couldn't find happiness I didn't think I was ever going to be happy so I thought that um you know if I could make others next best thing is kind of like making others happy or making somebody laugh you know so like I'm more like liable now to like crack a joke with someone at the grocery store you know um you know, the checkout line, you know, who's like ringing up my groceries, you know, then um, four, where I would just kind of be quiet, mind my own business, say, hey, yeah, go ahead, you know, take care, you know, polite, go about my way. But now I'm kind of more like seeing myself have a positive impact on somebody else and their life is as good as it gets for me. This is Jana Cole, the creator of We Are Musicians podcast. You can leave me a voicemail at anchor.fm slash Jana-Cole9. Maybe I'll play your message on a future podcast. And I really appreciate your feedback.